The topics and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4WN Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4WN Radio. Welcome to Fearless Fabulous You. I am your host, Melanie Young, and I am so glad you're joining me today. It's uh, a dreary Friday where I am, a dreary dreary February where I am, but this is going to be a bright and fascinating show for all women who want to be entrepreneurs. Um, We are going to, I love talking with women entrepreneurs. I am one. Um, I'm constantly amazed and inspired by them. And I particularly love speaking with women who have taken a difficult situation, uh, what we call a hardship or a setback, and turned it into a successful stepping stone to a new future. And that is exactly what my guest uh, has done. Well, actually, she's an amazing success no matter what. In fact, when I was reading her bio, I had to smile because some of the brands that she's worked with over the years in the um, gourmet and and natural food space are some that I've really enjoyed, including one of my favorite, which I always call my booty call. It was my pirate's booty call when I was driving to the Hamptons every summer. Um, It's a long drive when you get stuck in traffic. And there was a 7-Eleven that I would stop at in Manorville, which is like this (laughs) this very critical turning point where you're almost going to make it there to highway 27. I would always stop and get a big bag of pirates, booty popcorn and, and munchies to eat. I called it my booty call because it kept me going for the rest of the drive. Well, this, my guest actually, uh, helped, uh, build that brand uh, was originally with Robert's American Gourmet. Uh, They were the originators of Pirate's Booty, and she helped grow the brand from 3 million to 25 million, bing, 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 in sales. And then, of course, the company was sold, double bing, 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 and made oodles and oodles of money. I hope some of it went into her pocket. But uh, she also um, built up Kavita, another brand that I got hooked on when I went to a natural food show. Uh, it's a, uh, it makes kombucha and other sparkling probiotic beverages. I'm a big fan of those. And it got acquired by Pepsi, bing, 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 bing. And I hope she make a chunk of change for that too. Uh, so we're talking about a serial entrepreneur who's really helped build brands and grow them, which I think is a challenge for many people uh, who want to be entrepreneurs. They, they have the idea, they have the concept, then they got to cobble together the money and they got to launch and then they have to scale. And if you watch Shark Tank as much as I do, you know, scaling is critical to really getting to the next level of success. And then eventually your exit plan, which in this case was being, being, being big sales to big companies and moving on. Well, Elizabeth known as Liz Fisher is now embarked on another brand, which is kind of cool. Um, and it, it kind of, uh, parallels what's been going on with her personal life, which I think is really important to bring out now. So Liz Fisher is the founder and CGO <laughs> chief, uh, operating a growth officer of Lava, L-A-V-V-A, a a company that makes dairy-free plant-based yogurt with peely nuts. We're going to talk about what a peely nut is. She came up with this concept after being diagnosed with advanced stage ovarian cancer 
and rebuilt her diet around nourishing high-fat foods. In the process, she discovered this nut, which we're going to talk about. It's a tree nut with a buttery taste and a lot of um, nutrient-dense. It's nutrient-dense. Many nuts are. Uh, She started playing around with the recipe, blending the nuts with coconut milk, and the result was um, a spoonable, thick, tasty uh, plant-based yogurt, which I tasted and I do like. I'm a big yogurt eater. I'm big on probiotics. Um really big on Greek yogurt. So it was a pleasure to taste uh, something similar that was non-dairy for those who cannot tolerate dairy. So we're going to talk about Liz's, uh, first of all, we're going to talk about Liz's um, diagnosis and how she is doing because ovarian cancer is a sneaky one. It's a sneaky cancer because sadly it's detected uh, at an advanced stage. And then we're going to talk about how she built this brand and she'll share some advice for those who are looking to launch. So Liz Fisher, welcome to Fearless Fabulous You. Well, thank you, Melanie. Wow, you, I just feel your energy just jumping. <laughs> Did you like the booty call, Mark? I was my, I, I was just like laughing. I was a kind of, I ate too much. I just love that brand. I ate a lot of it. And it was always, it was like well, my hand. Can you thing. imagine if it had been called something else, just the importance of a name? You yeah, know, it you was know, almost the- named something else. Uh, that's so funny, really. (laughs) Yeah. But that, you know, that really, um, well, we're going to talk about that because I helped a company name itself yesterday. Yeah. I literally saved a company from a wrong name yesterday and gave it a right name. So we're going to talk about that. But first I want to talk about you because really, uh, I first want to know about you. Uh, Let's get to the, the, the good stuff. Where did you grow up and tell me a little bit about your, what, what in your childhood has shaped your life? What was important in your childhood that you feel has shaped your life today? Well, I'm a Jersey girl, uh, Mm -hmm. brown-eyed Jersey girl and, um, not Northeast, uh, from, uh, parents that were, uh, free loving and, uh, have a lot of artistic, uh, genealogy in there. My grandmother was one of the first graduating class of University of Pennsylvania and went on to become a professional poetess and writer. Not something you hear a lot about, you know, the demand for poetry, but um, maybe it's going to be making a comeback. Uh, so, but my father was a world-class sales guy. And not in in consumer electronics. He was just a highly ethical, but loved selling and um, loved the chase. And I would have to say he was um, had the has the biggest impact on me pursuing a career in sales, which is I didn't uh, I didn't know I was a salesperson until I was you know pretty much deep into it. And, um, but I was a professional actress and dancer in New York, um, uh, trained in theater in England, in the classics, which is very hard to get a job when you're trained in, uh, Elizabethan, um, theater and stage work. Uh, but I did, I did work as a professional actress for many years. And then I, used to listen to talk radio, like uh, just a total crazy radio show junkie. 
And uh, I heard this guy on the radio who was a, a, a medical doctor, uh, and he but he was very much talking about fitness and diet and exercise and nutrition, and he would bring on the uh, researchers in vitamin E and you know, really got into the weeds on chemistry, biochemistry, and um, it just was made it very easy to understand and played great rock and roll and had a wonderful voice. And um, I'm like, I have, I have to, I have to work with this person. And believe it or not, I sent him a a cape uh, asking for a job. This is super romantic, by the way, because I did end up marrying him. I ended up producing his show, his radio show, but then I ended, he, he proposed and. What was his name? Yes. Jeff Fisher. Okay. I'm just trying, because I lived in New York, as you know, I was wondering if I had heard of him because the the chromium program. Yes. And WOR radio. And of course, the chromium program. Was all about um, insulin and right. insulin resistance and um, muscle building for you know beauty and fitness, but also for metabolism, which became very central to my life when I was diagnosed with cancer, which I just would love to say does not define me. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely defines how I look at food. However. Right. So, I feel the same I mean, way. I'm a cancer survivor, breast cancer. I know. And I wrote a book um, to help women who want to be empowered during and after their treatment. And I say, don't let cancer define you, but help let it help you redefine your life. Yes. And how you want to live it. Yes. So, you know, cancer does do that. Well, this is a defining greater... moment in your life, but it doesn't have to define you and be your identity. Um, so I totally understand that. But when were you diagnosed, Liz? Well, I was on my way to a pirates uh, meeting, a convention of pirates. We were all gathering <laughs> a sales meeting. And um, this was after uh, the company had been uh, acquired by the original investors and owners of Vitamin Water. And much of the team were these very young, very white, very male, um, beverage guys, you know, driven, incredibly successful at what they do, um, which is building volume and, and building big brands. So, and here I was this 50 something, you know, female, um, I'm a stranger from a stranger planet. You know, they really weren't used to working with um, women from my generation, um, we ended up becoming very good friends and, um, you know, I liked them all very, very much, um, and learned a lot from them, but I was on my way to a meeting and trying to compete, keep up, you know, and, uh, very fit running. I just run five miles. I had done Ashtanga yoga. I had ta- danced tango and boom, I had a little pinch and went to see my doctor who I'd seen for 10 years. And um, he's like, this is no big deal. We see it all the time. But boom, 24 hours later, it 
you know, I had that diagnosis and it was everywhere. And uh, for somebody who'd never been sick, I was going to go into a chapter to learn about this massive industry, uh, the medical complex, and went into Memorial Sloan Kettering, had incredible uh, care, uh, conventional care, and um, I did recover and was good for about 18 months, and then it came back, just a little microscopic, and just like all cancers, you know, if it comes back, it's your immune system didn't doesn't recognize it as not supposed to be there and it's allowed to grow so that's that's why chemo is you know <laughs> it does work uh, for comes with a price but uh we did things very differently on that second go around and um we I was the original kind of fat phobic female, you know, just really calorie focused, scale focused. And I didn't eat a lot of fat. You know, I ate a lot of carbs, a lot of good carbs, quality carbs. Um, and my, we wanted to shut off the um, intake of glucose. And so we, I started making energy from fat, but you hmm. really need to eat a lot of fat in order to do that. And this was as an adjunct to my treatment. And I was eating a lot of macadamia nut and it was just very high in fat. And uh, almonds are actually not that high in fat and neither are mm-hmm. cashews. They're actually were too high in carbohydrate at the time. I mean, they still are, but for my particular diet, um, I really had to keep the carbs down. It's not protein, it's fat. So I found this nut called the Peely Nut, and it is not that great a snack because it's really kind of doesn't, it's very neutral, but Mm -hmm. it performs like creme fraiche. It just whips into peaks little bit of coconut milk uh, and it made this beautiful Faillet type white mess. It looked just like Greek yogurt. And that was the idea uh, that was when it started a very clean, uh, simple um, ingredients. And uh, my girlfriends uh, encouraged me to bring it to market. So I, I did, I brought, um, this curated, uh, Tupperware tasting samples to a number of investors. And after many no's, I got a yes. And this was about a year before we launched. And, um, we launched in 2018 in uh, one region of Whole Foods and a bunch of independents. And uh, we we called it lava because the nut grows in volcanic soil. So that was where the, the V came from. Hmm. But really the V is victory uh, because it really was out of this, um, you know, very difficult 
journey into right. the medical system and you're not, it, 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 you know, you're not going to make it. You can't get your pants on. It's <laughs> really, you know, losing actually just for somebody who was always weight conscious. I lost so much weight, physical weight and booty. I mean, I've had no booty and oh. it's, it's just a, you know, losing the hair wasn't half as bad as just losing the muscle mass. And you meet so many um, people, and in my mm-hmm. case, it was all women, right. um, who are battling these kinds of um, cancers, gynecological cancers, you know, which ovarian cancer, you know, I'm, I, there's nothing I would rather talk about than that, really, which mm-hmm. is not very appetizing, but it is so important because it's not very, you know, people don't talk about it a lot. And I have no previous history. I we're not we're not cancer people. We're heart disease people. <laughs> but, I was the same way. Know. We had heart disease in our family. Well, we had you know skin cancer for some, but I was the chosen breast cancer girl. Yeah, so I get it. You know, um, were you Braca? I found out afterward I was Braca. You know, I didn't even Braca met. I mean, Liz, when I got cancer, you know, it was like I used to turn the pages going, oh, it's not really something I have to worry about. And then my best friend was diagnosed with advanced stage breast cancer. And I kind of got deeply involved with her uh, situation because it was advanced stage. And unfortunately, she died. And so when I was diagnosed, it was a surprise. And then suddenly, you know, became, as you did, you become a mini expert on a disease that you didn't think was ever going to happen to you and, and had no family history. That's when uh, someone asked me what my heritage was. And when I said, uh, they, I said, do you have Jewish relatives? And they said, well, you're Ashkenazi, but so you I should be tested. Oh, for heaven's sake, yes. So I'm BRCA. I'm BRCA2. So well, I had my ovaries and fallopian tubes removed. Well, you're brilliant to do that. Well, it's about being proactive. I wish somebody had told me, hey, you don't want, uh, you know, you're not going to have kids. Just take those little fallopian tubes out um, because you can still make estrogen. Um, But that's another (laughs) discussion. I was not BRCA positive, so uh, with no family history, and boom, there it was. And... um, but it's really the process itself that is so much of the battle. You know, can you take the treatment and come out the other side stronger and better and more resilient than before? And the answer is yes, because it is a marvel, this human body we have. It is, has given, you know, we get such pleasure and yet, um, it is capable of uh, incredible resilience, and um, and here here I am. Many mm-hmm. now. My last surgery was 2016, um, and um, so that was quite some time ago. My uh, surgeon tells me I'm done, which they tend not to ever say. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so uh, You're done I'm for now. I know. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I I mean, we are survivors, and I remember the first time I went on a cancer walk for fundraising, and they said, oh, you have to go to the survivor's table, and you get a a teal ribbon. I'm like, this doesn't feel good at all Mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. But now it does, 
you know, and I celebrate my birthdays and, and just like lava, you know, we, I, I did touch a number of businesses that, and had a, had a contribution to a number of brands that scaled and exited, but lava was my brand and my first brand. So it has a particular place of honor and yet, Five months after we launched nationally in Whole Foods, we had the, you know, we hit the iceberg of the COVID-19 and trucks were not shipping. And there was this mass exodus from grocery stores to pivot to ordering online and just rethinking every single aspect of day-to-day life. And grocery store uh, workers were doing everything they could just to keep shelves stocked with supplies. In um, innovative plant-based yogurt was not on the top of the must-have list. So it was just a very unfor, you know, was too bad. No, but yeast but- was because everybody was cook baking. <laughs> People were baking. Yes. Kind of yeast shortages, but not yogurt. We ate a lot of yogurt. I, you know, when we were house, as I said at the start, that we eat yogurt all the time because I'm big, big fan of it. I also put it on my face. I think it's wonderful for your skin. Um, I think it's a very versatile product in so many ways. And we, I eat it all the time. I eat it savory. I eat it sweet. I eat it plain. I put it on dressing. We put it. We use it instead of mayonnaise. So. Um, we're big here and I would, I would have thought it was pretty essential considering. Well, and when, and it was a time for animal based yogurts, the big brands to propagate, they were the brands people recognized. They were in stock, they were on shelf and they were what sold. We were doing something different Mm -hmm. and, um, but you know, I I think that there's room for all of it, you know, and clean, plant-based, good plant fats with no sugar added uh, is this emerging category. But I think even more important is the role of uh, cultured foods in a in a in a beautiful, balanced, health-promoting diet. Exactly. So the microbiome, which, you know, I certainly saw what happens <laughs> what happens when cells divide so quickly in the microbiome when you're on chemo, you know, that's where it really mm-hmm. uh, gets you. But um, there's such incredible research being done on the connection between the brain and the gut and mm-hmm. how it actually works including the super strains that can only be consumed refrigerated. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, we're all eating pills and powders and shelf-stable products that were able to survive distribution during the pandemic. And that's really what is crowding the grocery store shelves right now and end caps. I mean, it, yeah. it is ambient items that have been designed to sit unrefrigerated for long periods of time mm-hmm. and or, you know, I call it bottles and cans, but also cookies and crackers and, you know, a return to items that were have been declining for eight, 10 years before the pandemic. They've made a dramatic comeback. 
soup. Interesting. Things, you know, you think of as always being in your pantry, but they were starting to get dusty over the previous eight, 10 years. You know, people were looking, there was a huge uptick in health and wellness skews going into the pandemic. Really, the more um, authentic and culinary with no nutritional compromises, which means it's got to be a whole a whole ingredient. That means more expensive, more premium, you know, food costs. Right. Um, so that took a hit. But there's no doubt in my mind that these SKUs are going to be demanded by the vast majority of the shoppers, call them the flexitarians. These mm-hmm. are people who really care about ingredients and supply. How was this, how did this animal live? How did it die? How did it, how was this ingredient grown? Where was it grown? Was it sprayed? Was it, is it glyphosate free? What are mm-hmm. naturally occurring in the plants themselves? You know, so I think this is a, a, a big area of interest. It's probably not going to happen overnight, but over the next year or so, um, the, the cleaner the label and the more the product delivers on taste for people that don't have a high sugar, high ultra-processed ingredient in their cabinets and their refrigerators, that those ingredients are already they're already starting to recover in sugar. Well, I think it's interesting. Um, I also do a lot of in the write about wine and, and have a, a whole life in the wine business and you know ingredients and what's in wine is a huge topic right now and um particularly with the the younger generation of drinkers who actually aren't drinking wine they're drinking other stuff but what's in the wine and how sustainable is it and how sustainable is the packaging which is a challenge all of that is coming into play. I mean, I come from an enlightened world because my background is Epicurean and culinary and health and wellness. Um, and I've been immersed in it for over 40 years. So I come from a bit of an enlightened world. Uh, the challenge, Liz, as you well know, is you have people who shop for good food and will look at the labels and will choose and will consider the origin of the food and the terroir and, and all that. But you also have a vast number of people who shop out of need for food and shop based on what is affordable and available. And I travel a lot, I'm sure you have as well, and I've traveled to um, desert areas, food deserts, uh, where you just don't see um, healthy products available. Um, it's, it's it's disheartening, but that's the way the distribution system is. It's like, you know, the, the lowest hanging fruit goes to the people who need better, you know, diets. But it's like what's well, it's cheap and demand. available, right? It's demand and it's the way the data mining is done. But, mm-hmm. you know, we they were only off by a couple of billion when they uh, predicted the size of e-com. You know, and it's, it's obviously, uh, we don't have that. We don't really have... Uh, an understanding of what that, you know, that being able to shop at home or being able to have home delivery with Instacart. I mean, it's just, it's not that pleasant to go to a grocery store, a big grocery store. Mm-hmm. It's not that pleasant. I mean, I kind of get it. 
I love it and, you know, can get lost for hours looking at, you know, unit pricing tags. And oh, yeah, because you're in the business. You know, I mean, we go to and, you know, my husband and I, you know, my husband could just spend his life in a grocery store. I've never seen anything like it. He goes every day. Um, <laughs> I read a book. Uh, I just want I like to go to market, but you either love it or you don't. For some, it's just, I got to get it done. And, and I see those people. Usually they're in front of me with their 20 with their two baskets. And I have my small and, you know, for some, it's like you got to feed a family. You got to just get it done. What's the cheapest, easiest thing to get? And I see what's in those baskets. And it's scary. Well, and, yeah, I moved to a food desert when I moved out of New York, um, and, you know, the Southeast is sort of, uh, you know, it's all new to me, and the, um, the end caps of Little Debbie's, and um, you see people with, uh, that are on very restricted budgets, you know, coming yes. out with those treats for their families. You know, nobody goes in and says, I'm going to buy something that's going to make my arthritis worse or, you know, <laughs> you oh, know, I mean, you they don't think that way. <laughs> people with, you know, that can't bend over and pick up their kids because of their, you know, they're, they're just struggling from, um, Metabolic diseases like that. Yeah, too, metabolic right? syndrome. Better, and there's better, a, better. there's a yeah. lot of it. And the further south you go, the more you see it. Liz. I mean, you're, you're in South Carolina, I think, right now. I'm in Tennessee. It's it's not just the south, though. I just want to make sure I don't want to offend all of our southern listeners. I am a girl of the south, but it is a diet. Uh, I also saw it, frankly, when we both lived upstate. New York, you were in work. I was in Garner. When we took our road trip and went way upstate, I saw it there, too. It just, it just tends to be in, sadly, a lot of rural areas where you just don't get access to really great food. Even though there's farms, uh, you know, packaged food is cheap and easy. Um, I'm curious. So I just want to, you know, so Lava, I love the name. I actually am on a site um, about peeling nuts. And uh, what's interesting about them, you brought up, you know, they, they do have a lot of, um, they, they have um, a higher level of fat. Now, I think it's important here, Liz to have a little fat discussion because there are some people, including my <laughs> late mother who uh, sadly recently died and had an eating disorder. Uh, she only would eat sweets and hated carbs. She hated potatoes. She hated fat. She hated anything that would make her fat, but she ate a lot of, you know, I hate carbs, but I want the cookies, you know, go figure that one out. Um, I hate fat, but I want ice cream. So it's a selective thing, but fat, um, gets a bad rap because fat is important for your diet as well. And I think we need to discuss that because the peely nut has a higher level of fat than almonds, peanuts, Brazils, and pecans. And I have a, um, my little, uh, original lava, uh, here and I, you know, label reader, it says, uh, I can't read the small print so well anymore. Uh, saturated fat 10, grams, 50%. Let's talk about, because you talked about in your why, when you were, um, changing your diet with, when you're going through cancer treatment, why fat? Well, and define the kind of fat. It's not the fat, it's the type of fat. Exactly. And just like carbs, they're not all the same. Not all fats are the same. And we do have an epidemic of omega-6 which yes. is polyunsaturated fat that basically are lab fats. They right. are so heavily processed and oxidized, and but they taste good and they're 
every. And they're widely available and cheaper, right? <laughs> the cheapness factor is the reason they are in every end cap cookie, cracker, salty snack. And they sound like they're good because they came from a seed or a vegetable, but it is, um, it is probably, you know, these are the people that brought us margarine. These are the same yeah. food manufacturers that brought us partially hydrogenated, you know, palm oil. So, I would just simply say that there is going to be debate, great scientific debate around uh, heart disease and, uh, you know, big pharma, big food. They're really one and the same. And, um, you know, you there is a, a lot of dissent around what is the perfect diet. But I like to look at um, like Laird Superfood, which is um, Laird Hamilton, the big wave surfer. Mm-hmm. He talks about it as the bliss point, which is this perfect balance of all the macros from uh, as from sources that bring all the other essential components to nutrition. There is more to nutrition than protein, which of course I'm never going to win that battle, but um, fat tastes good. And lava is uh, not the highest fat product out there, but it does contain the peeling nut is half monounsaturated fats, which is the kind of fat from olive oil. Right. You know, beautiful and and and, uh, and avocado, and then medium chain triglycerides. And I promise I'm not going to get into carbons, but you really almost have to. There's some beautiful uh, scientific writing on this. I would recommend Zero Acres, which is one of the best. Um, Jeff Jobs writes about uh, one of the best science writers I've ever read, and he does a lot of. Um, clear language around fats and medium chain triglycerides, which is the good fat count found in coconut. And, you know, a lot of uh, biohackers and, you know, bulletproof, they, these are people buying medium chain MCT oil and pouring it into their coffee. You know, it is a, um, it is a great source of energy. So, you know, as long as you're not adding sugar, the, the lethal combo is sugar and fat together. You know, so added sugar in the yogurt set is, you know, other than water, sugar is everybody's best friend because it is very inexpensive and all those fruit flavors are primarily sugar, added sugar. If you have 18 right. grams of added sugar in a 5.3 ounce cup of yogurt, I mean, for, you know, 125 pound woman, you know, you've got half of your intake right there in one little cup. So it's, it's just something to be aware of. There are, um, the smarter you are and the more coaching you can get from people you trust Mm -hmm. and it's happening before our eyes, 1% of medical doctors and, uh, 
healthcare professionals have gone off road to become lifestyle medicine uh, advocates, and these are practitioners in private practice that are really having an impact on their patients by incorporating diet, by calling it culinary medicine, whatever you want to call it. But these are people that it's movement, Mm -hmm. it is mindset, and it is food. And it's important and it's about damn time, right? Because pharma has been ruling everything. And I think medical uh, providers are tired of seeing their patients get worse instead of get better because a lot of it's based on lifestyle. They're discouraged beyond belief. Nobody goes into medicine to do anything other than make a positive contribution. So. You know, a lot of, I think a lot of physicians have become traumatized over the past couple of years. Very much so. You know, and are starting to rethink their own lives, you know, and what's important to them and they're changing their practices. But I, I would love to talk about the, um, the gut health benefits of cultured foods and in particular our cultured food. Yeah, probiotics. Because when yeah. I first, when I first started making lava, it was, green plantain mixed with peeling nut butter in a mixing bowl and then just a little organic coconut cream. And you make that into a a beautiful blend and it's given about six minutes of heat to kill the bad bacteria, anything that might be um, bad. And then you inoculate it. So you drop in these good probiotic strains, these gut buddies. And when we did that, the product just lit up and the green plantain was acting as nourishment for these probiotics. Mm. Like never before seen, 200 billion out of the gate. So when we, and it sustains itself during the life of the product, so that there's 15 billion at the end of life. So it is that nourishment without any compromises from added sugar that is how we're, it, it is a healing restorative food that tastes great. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Well, you know, when I, I, what was interesting, I ate a lot of yogurt, I ate a lot of yogurt when I was going through treatment. I ate a lot of uh, creamy uh, Greek yogurt. I don't. I add my own fruit. I add my own flavorings um, to monitor the amount of sugar and the kind of sugar. But it was also beneficial because I suffered, like many, from dry throat or sores, um, and I, it was hard to eat a lot of things. And when my mother was uh, dying, um, we fed her a lot of yogurt for that reason because it was something she could easily swallow that we knew was nutrient dense and um, we could, you know, flavor it in ways with mashed bananas and mashed this, you know, a lot of mashed fruit or a little bit of honey. And we, and we knew, and she also had a lot of gut issues. So, you know, it's, it's a very good product well, for that. She's not alone, you know, I mean, yeah. there are a lot of like elderly. So many people with GI distress uh, right. that has increased over the past couple of years, Yes, partially because we're all kind of eating the same things. We're eating what food is shipping. You know, that's within the pipeline. 
Well, so we have to exactly. eat more biodiverse ingredients and um, be smart about taking control of your own destiny in terms of nutrition. And, you know, that yeah. does take some courage. It also takes some trial and error to see what does and does not irritate your um, gut. I, I think a lot of it also, which we have not talked about, but that there's the sedentary life factor. You can eat as healthy as you want, but if you're sedentary, <laughs> you're not going to be, you're, you're, you're harming yourself. So you could put as much healthy food in your body as possible, but you've got to keep moving. Um, so in, in, in her case, she stopped moving, um, among other things, but, um, yeah, yeah. You know, and, and when I was going through my own treatment, I, I do, um, credit the dietary changes I made with the level of movement, daily walks. Um, even in my, even when I was had severe chemo brain, which I did have, um, the walks gave me clarity, the long walks and movement. So I think you've got to balance that out. It's not just always what you know, you know just, I always say it's not only what you're eating, but managing how how you're moving and what imagining what's eating at you, the stress, because that also is a factor in your gut health. Um, is is the stress factor. You know, I sure was reading real, yeah. I was reading about lava. You've had some challenges. Um as have many of my friends in the uh, food and beverage business, the supply side situation is difficult. Um, I know that coconut water has been hard to obtain. Uh, packaging for some of my friends is hard. I, I got to tell you, I just came back from a trip to meet 32 wine producers in Europe and I heard so much about the supply side problem that you like, why are you going into a business? How have you handled uh, your own supply side issues throughout this situation? Which is, you know, I think that's what I call matters. There are certain things which just out of your control, the weather, the crops, right? A political upheaval in certain countries and the supply side. So how do you manage that in a product where you need well, very specific ingredients? You have to partner with suppliers that have your back mm-hmm. and that is a, that takes, you know, a skill and um we were fortunate to have some very very good partners that um didn't give up on us, you know, even though we mm-hmm. had all of those all of those challenges including, you know, containers of organic coconut water sitting in Long Beach on a oh. you know, shipping cargo ship that for six yep. months. The, lo- the Long Beach cargo ship saga. I, I, I've, uh, the container ship stories are just a nightmare. I had a friend whose wine got cooked in the Caribbean. and It was from South America. It got stuck in the Caribbean. And her wine got cooked, which is just disheartening, you know? So I've heard so many stories. So you are lucky. So you developed really good you had those relationships. Well, that's not to say we didn't get, you know, we were uh, devastated by yeah. um, the lack of, well, basically foot traffic in um, specialty retailers. You know, people were primarily shopping, right. uh, you know, efficient, you know, they were making efficient family excursions to the grocery store and it was get in, get out and, you know, stick to the list, honey. Um, so just the shopping behavior was, was, was changed, the lingering, the days of, you know, discovery channel and really looking for those treasures mm-hmm. on the grocery store. I mean, it's coming back. There's no doubt, but it is not coming back at the same pace everywhere. So yeah, we lost, um, 
we, you know, disappeared. We disappeared. And, um, but sometimes you just, you know, you do have to let go. And uh, I was very fortunate to have somebody, I mean, not just end customers, consumers have still pining over us, you know, when are you coming back to Kansas City? When are you coming back to Chicago land? Um, you know, just people that remember you so clearly and they've tried to shop around and they haven't been able to duplicate the experience mm-hmm. for them. So I know they're still out there um, and um, we're coming and but rebuilding. And it's very, very common for many brands that you know and love. They have gone down, they've gone up, they've been, you know, recapitalized, they have new leadership, they, you know, they've been tossed and turned and survived the storm. So this, I think, has accelerated the consumer emphasis on differentiated whole food products with zero nutritional compromises. You know, I do think that it were split. Many, many customers have kind of given up and they just want to have something delicious that is, you know, in a way just treating uh, treating stress. So, but it's very addictive. You know, junk food is very, very addictive. That's very addictive. addictive is nicotine. So, you know, it takes... It takes discipline to uh, be honest with yourself about what you want to consume and who you want to be for yourself and your families, you know, and and take control of your own destiny in terms of health and nutrition. It's um, but look at all the restaurants that went under the beautiful businesses. Oh yeah, so many friends, culinary businesses, big big businesses that just. So many friends. So here's the thing. And I, just to give you, we're at, uh, we have about four minutes left. So this is what I think is important to end this. And is that it could be hard starting a business. You know, you start a concept, you're really excited, right? And there will be pitfalls along the way. And as I said, many of them, you can't are almost out of your control. I mean, I've lost 75% of my company's uh, revenues in one year did the things that were not in my control and I had to do some serious pivoting. I've had to do it twice in the past, but, and there will be, you have to plan and come up with plan B. Um, and really, as you said, have really strong relationships so that people don't forget about you. They stick with you. Um, but also be prepared for those who don't and don't take it personally. Right. Um, you, um, obviously, as many entrepreneurs got hit hard during the pandemic with what was going on in other businesses, as you just referenced, what is your message to people who are thinking, why am I doing this? Why should I keep going if they are in a challenging situation? Oh, gosh. Well, it's so easy to think that somebody else has the advantage. <laughs> yeah. But they don't. Everybody's actually fighting it in some way, shape, or form themselves. It may not look like it on the outside, but you're often closer than you think. And so, you know, there are many ways to reinvent yourself. So it doesn't necessarily have, I thought lava was worth fighting for, for me. 
personally. Mm-hmm. You know, I could get a job maybe, or I could go and just do Pilates all day, you know, <laughs> and be perfectly happy. Me too. Me too. Um, <laughs> you know, but it's the same reason you feel you have a song to sing and you're singing it. So I'm listening, Melanie. <laughs> so that yeah. that would be my advice is that don't compare. Don't exactly. uh, think that somebody, you know, just sailed through it um, without immense sacrifices and you know maybe you don't want to make those sacrifices anymore so you know it really is um there are you've got to know it's in your heart and uh it better be worth the fight and i think just to conclude with that i think all your ports are really important and i think you have to wake up every day wanting to do it and i think it's you have to really believe in yourself that don't compare um, I know there are days when I'm like, why am I doing this? And then there are days like when I host these shows and I go, why am I doing this? And then I host a show like I did last week and the week before and talking to you. And I'm like, this is so freaking awesome. I know exactly what I'm doing. This is like so awesome. I love, you know, talking about the, the I want to inspire people to go out there and do what they want, but you got to really, you know, it's okay. If one day you say, I'm done. Uh, I did that. I did that with my company. I said, I'm done. And it no longer brings me joy. I don't want to fight anymore. I I was so enormously successful. I had rebuilt and then I got cancer and I was rebuilding and I was like, I'm done. I'm going to do something different. And you know what? That's perfectly great because if you're successful at one thing, you can be successful at another thing. It's all in how you approach it because it's all in you, the powers inside you to make it happen. And you're a perfect example of this, Liz Fisher. I mean, look at your track record. Jeez, Louise. Um, I think it's like awesome. I mean, you know, every brand on there, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, they got sold. Great exit plan. And, you know, you're going to do something amazing with Lava. I know it. I think it's a terrific product. I love it. Um, I didn't know about it. Couldn't find it at Whole Foods when I went and looked. Um, so I'm glad I got sent some to try great texture and mouthfeel. And I love, you know, the fact that there's no sugar because I have, I'm very sugar averse after watching my mother, a sugar addict, just basically lose her entire life to eating too much sugar. So I totally get it. We've come to the end of the show. So I want to give you a very special thank you, Liz, for um, mm-hmm. sharing your story. And, 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 you know, I, I of course want your health to be number one in everything you do. Um, you've been given an amazing opportunity to live life the way you want and live it even better to inspire others. And that's a special gift you have other than your business acumen. So thank you. And and thank you for sharing it with me and my listeners, but hopefully thank you. Thank you for sharing it with the rest of the world you're dealing with. The website is love lava and it's love uh, with two V's L O V V E and then L A V V A. I love the Vava and victory, victory. I love it. Um, so just so if anyone checks it out, check it out there. And thank you again for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And for all you listening, I hope this has been another inspirational show to get you motivated to stay on target with what your dreams are and know that you have the power inside of you to make them happen. You just need to have that confidence in you, said Glenda the Good Witch, my one of my favorite muses. So have a fearless, fabulous day. And remember, you can choose to live life on your terms. It's about choice. Thank you for joining me. I'm Melanie Young. 